Asia Pacific currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents for another Saturday morning. It is the first of October. You're listening to Community Radio 3CR. I'm Giselle Hanna, and I'm James Barry, and we are taking you through to 9:30 this morning. Of course, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. You can find us on the web, all the w's dot a a w l dot org dot a u. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so look us up on those social media platforms. Of course, our website is a little bit different. We are working on it. Thank you all for your patience. When the new website is finished, we'll announce it, and we'll also announce a launch.、Um, but of course, in the second part of today's program,、um, we'll be speaking with Elham Naij, who is an Iranian woman,、um, but also、uh, an academic and expert in the issue of gender studies. So we're going to be talking to her about the recent protests over、um, the murder of Mahsa Amini, a 22-year-old woman,、um, for. Allegedly failing to wear the hijab properly, and she was murdered by the morality police of Tehran. So that is in the second part of the program. But of course, James, first up, news from around the region. We actually are going to kick off in Iran、um, with some additional information about what is happening there. But obviously, I'm assuming everybody has been following that the protests in Iran are continuing, and that there is increased repression of journalists and now calls for strikes by students and workers. Seventeen journalists have been detained. Amid national protests following the death of Mahsa Amini, and internet shutdowns and social media blockages have intensified, the nationwide protests flared up across Iran after 22-year-old Mahsa Amini died in the detention of the morality police of Tehran on the 16th of September. Web Monitor Netblocks note noted widespread internet platform restrictions on Skype, WhatsApp, and LinkedIn, and rolling blackouts. This followed older bans on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Telegram. According to the Association of Iranian Journalists, sixteen journalists have been arrested since the beginning of the protests. There have also been calls for workers to go on strike, and in the first open call of its kind issued since the protests began, the Coordinating Council of Teachers Cultural Associations. Has invited both educators and students to go on strike on Monday and Wednesday.、Um, of course, you'll probably know that the protests have been met with lethal force from police and state security agencies, with at least 80 people reported to have been killed so far. The Coordinating Council of Teachers Cultural Associations、um, has gone on to say has strongly condemned the violent action taken by the state against protesters, especially students, and asked all working and retired educators to stand in defence of them this week. Students and teachers of all walks of life, as well as other education sector staff, are being asked not to go into classrooms on Monday and Wednesday.
The statement by the council also called on police to put down their guns and invited other public sector professionals such as lawyers, athletes, government workers and members of the armed forces to stand by the protesters. I will remind you that our feature story this morning is Elham Naij about these protests. James, you've got an update on this as well. Uh, yes, there's been a, the arrest of uh, nine uh, foreign nationals, all Europeans, in Iran uh, overnight, um, and they're accused of instigating the riots, which is a common trope to say that these are foreign uh, instigated um, protests. Uh, but most of them are probably just resident in Iran. They might be visiting or, or, um, or longer-term residents. Some may have made the mistake of going down and looking at the protests, which is risky, but this is a typical way that the Iranian regime responds to uh, these type of things. There's another interesting uh, it, it, uh, issue is that the journalists have started a slogan, which means the place of a journalist is not prison, um, which is becoming part of this wider protest movement. And just another thing, um, uh, Masa Amini, her name is actually Gina, the family knew her Gina. There is a law in Iran which prevents Kurdish people from giving their children Kurdish names. So Masa is her legal name, was her legal name, but Gina is, you may also see Gina Amini as uh, the name that's given for her. Excellent. Thank you for that. Uh, moving to Pakistan now, where a trade union leader has been targeted in a car accident. Pakistan, but the Pakistan Union of Journalists Secretary General Rana Muhammad Azim was hit by an unlicensed vehicle in a targeted attack amid ongoing persecution of journalists in Pakistan. On the night of September 19, Azim was travelling home from work when a vehicle ran into his car before quickly fleeing the scene. Although Azim was unharmed, his car was significantly damaged as a result of the crash. The PFUJ concluded that the incident was a deliberate attack intended to silence Azim, who has been critical of the government on his live TV talk show. A first information report was filed at the local police station. However, the individuals responsible for the incident remain unknown. Azim had previously been the victim of harassment and attacks for his work. On February 28, 2021, a criminal accusation notice was published against him and on September 16, 2014, unknown assailants fired shots at his home. There are actually three stories this morning about the attacks on journalists and um, the increasing repression of um, freedom of the press. So a big issue in our region, a big issue in the world. Um, but at the moment, but our next story is from India, where thousands of Nestle workers in India are set to strike this week. Around a thousand workers across three Nestle factories in India plan not to work on Sunday. That's tomorrow in protest over a lack of paid leave for organising union activities, a move the Swiss food giant said wouldn't impact its business. The International Union of Food Workers is helping many Nestle factory staff try to reach an agreement with local management, saying they should get paid leave for organising union activities involving meetings and training. The IUF, which is the International Union of Food Workers, the IUF India campaign officer Praveen Khotkar reported that management had refused to negotiate and so now around 1,000 to 3,500 permanent Nestle India factory workers were not going to work on Sunday, potentially affecting production of consumer goods such as Maggi noodles and Nescafe coffee. The planned stoppage comes just ahead of next month's Hindu festival Diwali when many Indians 
decorate their homes and distribute sweets and chocolates among family, boosting sales for consumer firms. In total, Nestle has nine factories in India, a key growth market for the company. In 2021, it recorded profits of 21.4 billion rupee, which is about 263 million US dollars. They recorded that profit in India last year on sales of about 146.3 billion rupee. So, a uh, very, very profitable company. They can absolutely afford to pay um, sick leave and severance pay. To Cambodia now, where workers win a modest increase into the mid- to the minimum wage. After several rounds of negotiations in the National Council of Minimum Wage, the Cambodian government has decided to increase the minimum wage for the garment sector with US $6 to US $200, effective as of the 1st of January 2023. Amid intimidation, industrial affiliates in Cambodia, the F2U, the F2UWKC, the CCAWDU, and the CUMW have been campaigning for a raise of the minimum wage from the current US $194 to US $215. The Garment Manufacturers Association had argued that the minimum wage remain at $194 US dollars. The increased minimum wage is a positive development for garment workers in Cambodia, but trade unions are still demanding a living wage, and the fight for that will continue, according to Christina hajagos Clausen, Industrial Textile and Garment Director. Soaring food and fuel prices in Cambodia and a high inflation is adding to the pressure, uh, adding pressure on garment workers, and trade unions are unhappy with the US $6 increase. I will remind listeners that in around... <clears throat> 2012, 2013, 23 Cambodian workers were murdered, were shot um, during the campaign to raise that minimum wage. So a very long-standing campaign, really brave, dedicated workers who have literally put their lives on the line for this. So an excellent achievement and, of course, below the demand. So the struggle continues. Uh, We'll go now to Hong Kong with our next press freedom story, uh, where the Hong Kong Journalists Association, the HKJA, their annual press freedom index has reached a new low uh, for a third consecutive year, reflecting a rapidly deteriorating situation for journalists and media workers in Hong Kong and growing uncertainty over the media's effectiveness as a watchdog. The IFJ, the International Federation of Journalists, condemns the destruction of Hong Kong's media and calls on the administration to respect press freedom and ensure all journalists can work without fear of persecution. In a statement, the HKJA said that the closure of the Apple Daily and Stan News in June and December last year, respectively, as well as the persecution of the association's staff, we did bring you those reports earlier in the year, uh, were key factors contributing to the decline. On the 7th of September, HKJA Chairman Ronson Chan was arrested while covering a homeowner committee meeting at the McPherson Stadium in Mong Kok and subsequently charged with obstructing police. Late last month, a High Court upheld a warrant allowing authorities to access confidential information on two phones owned by media tycoon Jimmy Lai as part of an ongoing investigation into the media tycoon's alleged national security offences. The IFJ has documented the frequent harassment, intimidation and detainment of journalists in Hong Kong and the use of orchestrated campaigns to shutter media outlets and civil society organisations. And finally to Turkey, where textile workers have picketed for 70 days. 
Workers at the ETF textile factory in Istanbul, Turkey, are approaching 70 days of protesting outside the factory after management closed operations at the end of July. Citing a financial crisis, the employer refused to pay more than 300 workers, according to the collective agreement. Workers at the factory are covered by a collective agreement, which entitles them to bonuses, severance and notice payments and annual leave. The employer has offered to pay 70% of the severance pay, which was rejected by the union. Since then, there has been no further engagement from the employer. By refusing to pay workers what they are owed, ETF Textile is violating the collective agreement. In a letter to to company management in August, Industrial demanded that the employer engages with Deritex and negotiates the terms and conditions of the closure in compliance with Turkish labour laws, as well as international core labour standards and the company's commitments to their customers. ETF Textile produces T-shirts for brands like Columbia and Skechers. And that is news from around the region. It's 13 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. We're going to go to some community announcements and then our feature interview for the morning. The New International Bookshop will be having a Little Red Book Fair on Saturday, October the 8th. Come and grab journal bundles, $3 secondhand books, 10% off new books and mass discounts on books by the radical independent publisher Interventions. Join us in the basement of 54 Victoria Street, Carlton on Saturday, October the 8th from 9am to 5pm. New International Bookshop is a 3CR supporter. This is Nick Rumpinau. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you. It is 14 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents. Nationwide protests flared up across Iran after 22-year-old Mahsa or Jina Amini died in the detention of the morality police of Tehran on the 16th of September. Since then, as we reported earlier in the show, there has been massive blockages of uh, internet platforms uh, and also violence in the street with at least 80 people reported to have been killed so far. Joining us on the program this morning is gender studies expert in Iran or on Iranian issues, Elham Naj. Of course, Elham is based in Australia. Welcome to the program. Uh, We'll have to get her back. I really am not not understanding why people aren't seeing the fact that prisons are an integral part of a public health response to a pandemic. Like you, I'm really concerned about whether the data is being released very honestly about illnesses within prison. I have suspicions it's not, but really we need very strong leadership in this country that actually cares about people inside, our most vulnerable populations inside. That's what we need and that's not what we're getting right now. We need to keep radical voices on air 
subscribe now. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377. Good morning, Elham. Are you there? Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the program. Of course, we brought you here to talk about the situation in Iran, which is uh, in, ever alarming. Um, we have been reporting earlier in the show that at least 80 people have been reported to have been killed so far because of the repression against the protest. Can you tell us a little bit about the um, the protests that have emerged um, first of all, thank you for providing the platform for me. So, yeah, the, the protest started after um, the murder of um, Masa or Gina Amini in Tehran. Um, around two weeks ago, uh, people were protesting. The protest started, uh, firstly, I mean, in the beginning, it, it started with uh, feminist groups and also people in um, Kurdistan, but uh, which is a province in Iran, but then it spread to the whole country, and since then the whole country is protesting like on a daily basis, both on um, in the streets and in the uh, ritual space, um, people, <clears throat> and they are demanding justice for Jina uh, Massa or Jina Amini, and they are saying... Uh, they're also demanding women's rights. They are also saying no to dictatorship, and they want to say, I mean, they are also saying uh, no to the Islamic regime in Iran. So it's actually, I mean, um, it, it's it's a bigger protest um, to say no to the whole uh, dictatorship in Iran at the moment. And as you said, um, many, many people are being killed. Many people are being arrested in the streets and also in their homes like ordinary people and also like activists in different, like, I don't know, I'm a feminist activist, a writer, uh, uh, university lecturers, um, people in many different um, uh, fields are being um, uh, arrested. Um, and a lot of them, we even, even don't know where they are. Like a lot of feminist activists, we don't know where they are. Uh, even like journalists who um, uh, distribute, I mean, um, uh, disclosed um, uh, uh, the information about uh, the murder of Masa Amini or the photographer who took took the famous photo of her uh, in the hospital. They were all arrested, and then uh, singers, sorry, singers joined the protest, and then the singers were also arrested. So, like everyone who is protesting, the government is trying to arrest them. Um, the government is uh, is uh, is suppressing the people. Uh, so brutally, and but people are courageously resisting. So it's an ongoing battle. And at the moment, people are also um, asking everyone to uh, stop any sort of economic transaction, like they stop going to work, they stop buying anything, so that they put some sort of economic pressure on the government. And this is added to the actual protest in the streets. Okay, uh, that's excellent. That's a very uh, interesting, Elham. I was wondering if you could uh, shed a bit of light on the issue of hijab, particularly because one of the central points of this protest has been the uh, not wearing of the hijab in, in, as a form of protest and the burning of hijab in Tehran and around Iran. Yeah, so uh, because uh, Masa or Gina Amini uh, was killed by the morality police in Tehran because of, because of uh, failing to... Um, uh, wear her hijab properly, uh, the protest uh, started with um, uh, I mean, protesting against uh, the 
compulsory hijab in Iran. As we know, uh, hijab is compulsory in Iran for all women since, the, I mean, a couple of years after the Islamic Revolution. And even from the beginning of it, uh, there were so many protests against the compulsory hijab in Iran. And it's an, an ongoing battle with many different campaigns, like we know Masih Ali Najad in America. She is, she is an Iranian-American journalist. She has a White Wednesday campaign, and there are many other protests um, uh, in Iran against uh, compulsory hijab, like Girls of uh, Revolutionary Street, which was a protest uh, several years ago in which women took off their headscarf and... Um, uh, and in, in, in public streets in Iran, in Iran to, show, to show that they don't uh, want compulsory hijab in Iran. And so, yes, with, uh, with, the, death, with the murder of Masa Amini, people are, again, angry about paying so much heavy price for compulsory hijab, which they are, people are saying that this is a violation of women's basic human rights, like their, their right to choose what women want to wear, um, and women are burning their headscarves in the streets. Women are um, unveiling publicly, uh, protesting in the street without any veil. Women are, uh, as you said, yeah, burning their headscarves. They are also cutting their hair to say that if if my hair is your issue, your problem, if it's just such a big deal, then I shave all my hair so that uh, it doesn't bother you anymore. Um, and there, there, these sort of protests are also happening around the world, like Iranian in many different countries, and even non-Iranians are joining the protests. Um, um, it also, like, celebrities are unveiling also, like famous actors like Kata Yuriahi in Iran, she unveiled, and a lot of other people are also joining uh, the anti-hijab protests. Well, I want to pick up on this point of the uh, all of the different forces and groups that are joining the protests, and um, you mentioned the international element, which we'll come to in a minute, but um, in Iran, I'm wondering how... How much has this issue mobilised or motivated the organised union movement? We know the union movement is very repressed in Iran, but we heard a report earlier today that teachers, the teachers' unions, are calling on other workforces to actually go on strike on Monday and Wednesday next week. Do you know any any of these developments? The protest is, as I mentioned earlier, is is supported by many different groups and unions in the in the country. You mentioned um, uh, teachers, also as I mentioned, university lecturers. Um, the, the the unions for psychologists they are supporting their protesters. They are saying that if you if you uh, have any psychological traumatic uh, experience because of the ongoing pressures, we are going to uh, treat you f- for free. Uh, and um, also other unions, they are everyone. I, I think they did. Uh, the recent protest is so widespreadly supported by many different groups in the country. Um, uh, lecturers are saying um, that, like, if you don't attend the courses, uh, it's fine. So because, like, people are uh, saying that we want to stop any sort of economic or social activity so that um, everyone's attention is attracted to what's going on in Iran. The students are saying we don't go to universities. University lecturers say that we don't... Um, Go to the uh, go to classes, 
And then on the other hand, from the hardliner, there are also resistance. So some of the hardliners, uh, I mean, uh, some of the lecturers, for example, who uh, support the hardliners, they are saying that if any student doesn't come to university, we're going to fail him or her for the whole course. So, um, yeah, there is so much battle. In terms of international action, which you mentioned, uh, there, we understand there is a rally today which is part of, in Melbourne, which is part of the Global Day of Action for the protests in Iran. Uh, could you tell our listeners a little bit about that, please? Yeah, the, the, yeah today, um, on October the 1st, uh, there is a, a global... This today is a global uh, rally day for Iranian protests around the world. And there are protests in more than, I think, 130 cities around the world, like from Canada to the U.S., in Australia, in Denmark, Germany, like anywhere you, you, you know, like there are Iranians living. And uh, it is organized uh, in the beginning by Hamid Ismailion. He is an Iranian writer and uh, dentist. Um, he he's living in the, in Canada, and uh, his daughter and his wife passed away in the in the in another political uh, incident in Iran, which was like a flight in Iran was shut down by Iranian. Um, uh, uh, but Iranian state, uh, and there was uh, a huge protest uh, about it a couple of years ago. Uh, Hamid Esmailion is organizing all these protests around the world, uh, so that like um, he wants the attention of the whole world uh, to be um, attracted to uh, the, the widespread suppression of him. I mean. Um, suppression of women and men and everyone in Iran. And yeah, today it's at 2, a, uh, 2 p.m. in Melbourne, and also there are protests in Sydney, Canberra, Adelaide, Brisbane, Perth, uh, uh, Hobart. And uh, uh, people are demanding, uh, first of all, justice for Massa Amini. And the, uh, uh, the protests are also organized around the um, aim of uh, saying no to the whole Islamic regime in Iran. So this is both about Mahsa Amini and also about overthrowing the whole suppressive regime in Iran, which kills Mahsa Amini and many other people, Iranian people. And this is not just a, a humanitarian issue. The Islamic regime in Iran um, damages also the, uh, the natural resources in, in the country. And then it is also a global issue because Iranian, the Islamic uh, State in Iran interferes with the political issues in other countries like Syria, Lebanon, Ukraine, and many other countries around the world. So I think what's happening in Iran these days is a global issue. It's not just Iranians' issue. We've we've just got one minute left, um, Elham. Uh, we'll announce the details of the rally and we'll put them up on our Facebook page um, later today. But just very quickly, how responsive is the hardliner Raisi to international pressure, or does it have very little effect on him? Um, very. I mean, they aren't uh, responsible at all. But we don't expect them to. Uh, feel any sort of uh, accountability. That's that's the biggest issue, that they, they don't feel responsible, and that's why we want the whole regime to change. Excellent. Well, Elham, thank you so, so much for your time on the program today. It's just thank been you. such a wealth of information and um, knowledge about what is happening there, and we'll get those details out to the listeners today. Thank you so much. Thank you, too.
Um, James, the details of that rally. For those wanting to attend the protest in solidarity with women in Iran, the rally will be beginning today in Federation Square at 2pm. Uh, and we will put all of the um, state protests up on our Facebook page as well so that you can get to that 2pm today. It is uh, just brings us to the end of the show. Thank you to all of our listeners for listening. Um, stay tuned for um, to 3CR for the rest of the weekend. And coming up next, of course, is Palestine Remembered. But that's it for me, Giselle Hanna. And me, James Barry.